everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Breaking Stones podcast. I'm your host, Mike Wolf, uh, coming to you live from Delgado Stone in Brookfield, Connecticut. And uh, this week, a little bit different, although I said I don't like to hear my voice that much. Um, I decided not to have a guest, uh, so we can talk about some of the things that I actually have experienced as it comes to the, um, the natural stone industry and uh, kind of some important topics. As we get into the uh, the heat of the season, I know a lot of uh, a lot of projects look to, especially on the homeowner side or uh, for vacation homes or or even as schools get out, uh, a lot of people are looking to have projects completed by Memorial Day or certainly by Fourth of July, and with supply chain issues and logistical issues, and um, the backlog that you're hearing about throughout uh, throughout anything that has to do with building materials. Uh, I think lumber has gotten the brunt of it and um, in terms of the news, but uh, it, it's across the entire industry as a whole. So today we're going to talk a little bit about that and some of the uh, some of the issues and what goes on behind the scenes uh, that a lot of people don't know about. And also some interesting articles that uh, that I've come across uh, from House and then from the uh, from the Home Improvement Research Institute, which gives the um, kind of the state of the home improvement market based on some surveys. So excited to dig into that, of course, uh, being uh, the data junkie that I am. But really interesting stuff. And uh, and after having Mike Prey and uh, JP Acosta as the guest past couple of weeks, I think uh, they're tough acts to follow. So rather than put the pressure on someone else to um, <laughs> to to join us, I figured I'd take this one on the chin and uh, and go at it alone. But uh, really excited that you're joining us. Um, and I guess what I'll start with first is the uh, supply chain side of things, which you're hearing so much about. And when it comes to supply chain, maybe a lot of people don't fully understand what that means. But we're talking about everything from sourcing the material right through shipping the material. And, um, you know, so I kind of put supply chain and logistics together uh, because there is a logistical issue as well. And when I look back to, I don't know, maybe even just last year or a little bit before last year, I guess, um, before the pandemic came about, we would get constant calls from freight brokers looking for us to uh, to use them to ship material. And it's not to say we don't get them anymore, but we certainly get less. And uh, when we do reach out to the ones that we've worked with in the past, they're having trouble getting some of the trucks um, to move materials. So when, you know, when you see things like um, importing or what happened in the Suez Canal where uh, containers were stuck or you hear about containers sitting off the coast of California, uh, you know, a lot of people don't fully understand what that means. And of course, um, you know, stone would be a small percent of that with so many things being imported but we move material across the country to california or to uh, or the pacific northwest and a lot of that is done by uh, what we call intermodal which would be uh, train car rail and for that to happen we load a container the same containers you see on these on these ships that are on the news uh, when you're importing materials or goods or any sort of products um, and there's a shortage. So even as we complete the the orders that are placed and, and are ready to go, um, they're struggling to find a single container to go to these uh, on the train and go out west. So the the supply chain has a bigger impact than you would expect. And it also ties up trucking, um, which in turn ties up uh, 
the acquisition of materials as well, because um, as you know, in order for us to bring material in from quarries or even pallets or different things, you're using logistics, right? So logistics plays a big role in what we do. And, um, you know, a lot of companies can't afford a fleet of trucks. They don't have a fleet of trucks or maybe it's not that they can't afford them. And I can tell you from being on this side of the business, uh, maintenance on trucks is, um, is a headache and it's not something, you know, we talked about putting together our own fleet, but that's not something we're, we're looking to do right now. Um, the maintenance alone and having your own trucks and it'll take some time for things to level out. But right now, as we, as we source material and you're looking at <clears throat> some of the quarries, uh, going back to the natural stone side of things, you look at bluestone as a perfect example. Uh, bluestone came out and, uh, last year they they ran into a little bit of a supply chain issue as the pandemic hit and they had to shut down uh, and i'm referring more to pennsylvania and new york bluestone uh, for those of you who, who are familiar with it it's carried over to this year where we're talking weeks and weeks and weeks of getting material and um, when that happens you tend to see quality suffer uh, so there's different aspects that that come into play so if you get material or by the time you get your material um, and we won't even get into the price increasing. Uh, I'm not going to call it price gouging, but certainly um, I think some people are taking advantage of, of the opportunity and that's their right. Uh, but when you look at the, you know, just in terms of getting the material um, and it's supply and demand, there's a lot of people looking for it and you might have to wait six, eight, 10, 12 weeks. Um, and then when you get the material, you're really hoping that it's right. Uh, and I've never been a fan of, of the bluestone industry. That's me personally, uh, because it's not, it, it tends not to be service-based. Now, um, we don't typically deal with bluestone. Uh, we do a little bit. We'll help out some of our customers. We'll bring some in. We'll source some material. We have relationships. Um, I will say the, the person um, that I work with specifically, uh, she is excellent when it comes to customer service, which is part of the reason why I work with her. And, um, but she's very direct and says, here's the reality there. The availability of this is non-existent or, um, and this even, it comes to Pennsylvania Fieldstone. So we're constantly sourcing these materials. Now, once we source it, that's one thing where we used to be able to get a truck up here the next day from Pennsylvania with that material. And when I say up here to you know, to our facility in Connecticut, you're looking at maybe, um, you know, I used to have it the next day. Now it's okay. Well, we'll get it to you this week, hopefully. And like, okay, well, when you look at the production side or the manufacturing side of things, what does that do to, to our production process? Right. And then now, now someone places an order. If we didn't have the raw material, we'd have to bring it in. And then by the time we bring it in, we're looking at, um, you know, a week, let's call it. And then we put it into production uh, with some of the other other orders. And now that's taking more time for us to produce it, right? Again, we're not keeping it on the shelf. Uh, it's not just sitting here. We're sourcing stone from the earth, bringing it in, bringing it down, going through our process. And then it's going, uh, you know, then we have to secure freight if, if, that's, um, if it's a full truckload or if it's going to be that container. It's a process. So what used to be bringing in material in one day has now become four or five, six days, sometimes seven days. And that has a significant impact on 
on how things are processed, how they're done, how they get to the job site. And it takes time for everyone to adapt, for everyone to catch up. And it's almost like a traffic jam where, you know, you get the first person kind of taps the brakes and the second person taps the brakes and, and it just continues to build up, build up. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're in traffic. And you're like, what is going on here? And uh, just like traffic it is incredibly frustrating. So, you know, you rely on those relationships that you've built over the years uh, in terms of the quarries that we work with, the suppliers that we work with, we buy a lot of material um, and and that's key. And that's part of the reason why uh, I believe working on relationships is the way to go. Now that's that's beside the point. Um, the, the other thing you're seeing with that supply chain is increase in prices. And, um, you know, there's, there's so many reasons that prices increase or prices change, right? Uh, you know, this year alone, our pallet prices have gone up 25%. That's not a cost that we've necessarily passed on to our dealers. We saw a small price increase coming. So we, uh, you know, we adjusted accordingly, but then there was a second price increase and then a third price increase, and then there's a shortage of it. So we're constantly sourcing pallets as, as one thing. We've seen dealers send us emails asking if they had, uh, if we had any connections to pallets. And, you know, so, so there's a lot of things that go into it. Um, you know, um, we're going into importing uh, Belgian block or cobblestones, as a lot of people know, which primarily come from India. Uh, and we're just talking about those, uh, the gray, um, you know, they're like four by seven by 10, uh, they come in a pallet. And already this year, we've seen not just a, a backup in the supply chain, but also um, <laughs> it's what, what are we in? It's not even May yet. And we got a, another price increase of about, about 10%, 15% on some of the products. And that's on the importing side. Again, we don't typically deal with cobbles or button block, but it has an impact throughout the industry. When you look at the, um, you know, House comes out with their uh, with their barometers where they take the survey. And uh, earlier this month, they came out with the barometer points to strengthen, uh, excuse me, to strengthen the home renovation market. So there's more and more remodeling, more people investing in their homes. There's new construction. Uh, there's a lot going on in our industry and. Part of it had to do with the dip that hit when, you know, we look back at March and April of last year, uh, kind of when the pandemic took over and things got shut down. Well, those projects didn't go away for the most part, as a lot of people thought they might. What ended up happening was uh, they got delayed. So all the projects continue to build up, build up. I think there's a fear for um, for a lot of businesses. You don't want to say no because you don't want to lose that project. You don't want to lose that revenue. And you're concerned when this will, will dry up. This, this can't go on forever, right? Eventually it'll level out and things will, um, there'll be some sort of normalcy, um, you know, but it, in this barometer that house puts out, they, they have a construction sector, um, in terms of project wait times and it's U S construction sector, uh, overall backlog by, uh, by census and, uh, region and division. So, you know, we're located in Connecticut, which is part of the New England, and the backlog is estimated at uh, 11.3 weeks. So you're looking at almost um, almost three months, one quarter of backlog. And depending upon where you are, it varies, but a lot, but it's high. Uh, Pacific Northwest, 10 weeks. Um, the Midwest, between eight and a half and 10 plus weeks. Uh, you know, it, in 
in the, I don't know, they call it WS. I'm not sure what, uh, West South is what they call it, which is in the Texas region. They use a lot, a lot of materials from that area. Uh, specifically when it comes to stone, they'll use the sandstone that they have down there. Um, so they're the lowest at seven, a seven week backlog is estimated. So again, you're looking at, um, activity continuing to build up, uh, more people investing in their homes, more new construction, uh, and stuff that wasn't completed from last year. If you're in the pool industry, um, or do the hardscape around a pool, you might be booked out now for two or three years. And, and we're hearing that, uh, it was really important in terms of acquiring materials, setting the expectation. Well, when it comes to natural stone thing, material can change over the course of three years, right? We, we look for that consistency, but it's not always, um, not, not always a possibility. So we see all these different things that go on. Uh, and, and again, focusing on the keyword of supply chain. Well, this is a big part of it. The, the supply chain is part of this backlog and, um, all it takes is a little bit, just something, uh, you know, <laughs> something to, to jam it up, to cause a little hiccup. And there is, uh, there's an impact. And, um, in this article on how they also have the, uh, the architectural and design services backlog. And again, going up to New England is almost eight weeks in the mid Atlantic and Southern, uh, Southern Atlantic, um, and that, you know, Southeast coast through the Carolinas and Georgia and Florida, you're looking at eight and a half weeks, uh, you know, and, and in the Midwest, they're, uh, closer to nine weeks. So, it, it's a very real thing. And how we combat that is we encourage customers, encourage our dealers, encourage anyone who's project planning to, to be aware of this and know that you can't put it in and think you're going to get it in a week or two weeks, uh, especially on these larger projects. Now you can work and communicate with the companies to get an authorized dealer um, to, to stock some material, get the project started and keep it going. But again, you're going to have increased costs for that, right? There's additional freight that maybe you didn't budget for. And then you have to look at uh, the cost of not having material versus not having, um, you know, versus paying additional for the freight. So really, uh, and probably what you hear in the background is a truck backing in, um, you know, we're saying we have trucks here two, three, four trucks a day sometimes um, as, as we try and move material to our dealers. And uh, and again, it, it's a process. It takes a lot of communication, a lot of patience. There's certainly frustration, I think, throughout the entire industry, entire building materials market. And natural stone is no different, whether it's, um, you know, the backlog on cobblestones uh, or the price increase on cobblestones, bluestone, natural stone. Um, there's, there's a significant amount. Uh, I mentioned the Home Improvement Research Institute uh, and, um, you know, earlier this month, actually the same day, I think these came out on, uh, on April 14th. Let me see when this house article, uh, yeah, on April 14th, um, uh, the house article from Brian Anthony on, uh, you know, and I'll share these links in, in the, um, in our post uh, on our page and the Heary Home Improvement uh, Research Institute, which is HIRI.org, um, is really, really interesting. Uh, and, you know, the good news that, they, that they're showing is uh, the updated forecast features uh, improved outlook for the home improvement market, the total home improvement market in dollars projected to grow by 9.9% uh, by in 2021. Um, you know, and there's certainly, certainly, <laughs> certainly uncertainty 
uncertainty in uh, in the industry. Um, I guess uncertainty is the one common thing that uh, that makes it throughout. But um, in 2020, uh, the home improvement market grew by 13. 0.8% which to 460 billion, uh, which was about 5% higher than they had estimated. Um, you know, so you're hearing about new sale, new home sales, you're hearing about people buying land or buying, uh, you know, tear down homes and rebuilding. And so there's so much going on. Um, you know, it, they do predict that it will level out and, and they see that going into 2022. Uh, 2023, 20, but still an increase from maybe what the initial projections were. So the boom won't continue to go on, but something like this supply chains typically don't adjust quickly. And the combination of catching up with technology, as we've talked about, uh, and, and we'll continue to talk about more so on the marketing side, but we're adapting with technology and looking to uh, to communicate more easily, whether it's with our uh, our freight companies, our suppliers, um, the quarries, and then again with our customers so that they can be kept aware and they can plan in advance. Uh, anyone who knows me, service is, is obviously the thing for me, right? And, and I'm fanatical about it. But so it's hard when, when we let a customer down. Um, I don't think anyone likes that feeling. And for those of us who get a million calls a day, uh, and I'm exaggerating on the number there, but it, you know, to get the calls where, um, what's the lead time on this? What's an update? What's this? And when things fall behind, it's a hard call to make. And uh, it's not something I enjoy making that phone call. Um, and then you always want to go out of your way for your customers, right? They're saying, hey, can you help us out? Can you do this? Can you help us out? And you can say yes so many times, but eventually it catches up to you. Quarries have have fallen behind, right? They can only blast and move so much material with the equipment they have. And, um, you know, the equipment, I say the equipment, the personnel, um, you know, that's certainly a big part of it as they're not used to this, uh, to this pent up demand and, um, quarries we've worked with now, we're in our 10th year where there's never been a problem. Like I said, getting it the next day. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, no problem. Now they're, um, you know, maybe three, four days out, which doesn't seem like a lot. I realize it does not seem like a lot. Um, but I can tell you in our world and, you know, there's so many things that go into this, whether it's cash flow, um, you know, when you bring an in inventory and sit on it, that ties up capital. And so that will have an impact. You still have to pay everyone. You still have to send material out. Um, if you have payment terms with your customers, there's there's so much that goes into the supply chain side. And uh I'm, I'm messed up enough where I actually love it. I love the analytical side. I know there's so much room for improvement when it comes to these things. Um, and, and that's, you know, as we see um, the, the strength in the renovation market and the new construction market, as the demand for sustainable products such as stone uh, continues to grow and, um, and maybe less so on the importing side because of, you know, importing the draw was it's cheap. Right. It's cheap. It's cheap. It's cheap. You can bring it in. It costs, you know, five dollars compared to fifteen dollars. Well, what happens if you bring it in? You can't finish the project and you need more. And now you're out six, eight weeks. And those are all things to consider when you look at. Um, again, I go back to relationships and the partnerships. But tell you what, if your container is sitting on the water out there, there's literally nothing you can do. And um, not having control and not being able to answer your customer. Uh, it is a difficult situation that no one wants to be in. 
So, so the supply chain impact, uh, when you see uh, or you hear about the lumber market, it's throughout. It It is everything. And, uh, you know, last year I remember going to Home Depot and they didn't have any roofing nails. I'm like, how is that even possible? And um, it took a few days before they got them in. And uh, we use them to tie down uh, our pallets with the wire. But, you know, so little things like that that a lot of people don't see, we face it on a day-to-day basis. And uh, I, I wanted to take this week um, or, or the episode this week to discuss that. And uh, it'll certainly come up again and we'll have other, uh, we'll have guests to talk about it. But, you know, I, I think anyone who's on the supply chain, on the operations, logistics, uh, production side of things um, is is feeling this and feeling the pressure. And, um, and <laughs> I wish I could say that it's going to go away soon, but I think, um, you know, for us, we're not even into the heat of the season yet. And I think that's what a lot of people are, are going to face. And we had, uh, we had a cold end to the winter where I think there were a couple weeks where, um, a lot of quarries shut down. It was too cold to work. Uh, we're fortunate that our facilities inside and we were able to keep going, but you know, it, it has an impact. And um, when we look at our production and a mistake or hiccup in our production process, it doesn't seem that bad in, in the short term or in that one day, right? So maybe the wrong, the wrong thing gets cut on, on a, uh, on a splitter or a guillotine or uh, the splitter or guillotine is down that day uh, for maintenance or something like that. It doesn't seem like a big deal, but you don't get that time back and we can't say, okay, well, we'll make it up. The answer is um, adding a second shift or, or more time into the production process, but there's a cost associated with that. So these little things continue to build up and they add up. And that's where you're seeing a lot of the frustration in the market. We encourage everyone to be patient and communicate. That's, that's really the big thing is communication. Um, there's so much capacity. I think everyone, well, I can't say everyone. That's, that's not the way. I know we try and we do our best uh, with our customers. We're getting material out as much as we can, um, and and we're working with uh, again our suppliers, our customers to make it run smoothly. But it doesn't always work like that. And uh, there's a lot of um, I'll call them uncomfortable phone calls. Uh, but, <laughs> but when it comes to the customer service, those are the phone calls you have to have. Uh, it's easy to do when things are great. Um, it's when things are not great that you have to answer the phone and call people back and, um, and go from there. So uh, that's really where, where things are. And, um, you know, I hope, I hope this sheds a little bit of light as, as we look at the, you know, the renovation market, the, the new construction market, the growth that, um, that we're seeing and anticipating and, and don't see uh, going away for a while. The supply chain backups, we rely heavily on, uh, not we, but just in general as, as an industry, um, a lot of imported, uh, it could be equipment, it could be, um, it could be the raw material, it could, so many different things, it could be components. Um, so you're gonna continue to see these hiccups. Uh, the best advice I can give you is plan. Do your best to plan. Give yourself as much time. If you're looking to put in a pool uh, next year, don't wait. Start planning it out. Look at the materials that you want. Understand that um, the availability and when you're going to be able to get them. And uh, will it change over time? Is the price going to change? And because uh, I, I think you know, ultimately, while we take some of the uh, 
price increases on, on the chin. We don't pass everything along, but as you work your way through that process and it goes from the manufacturer to the, um, to the, the retailer, to the contractor or builder, and then to the, to the homeowner, everyone's going to feel a little bit of it. And, and that's kind of how it has to work, uh, in order to keep things going. So a lot, there's a lot going on in, in our world. Um, and as fascinating as interesting as it is, and it creates a lot of opportunity, uh, hopefully it, it's encouraging to know that, um, people are doing their best to manage it and, uh, and, you know, hopefully, um, not hopefully, we will all get through it together. So I uh, want to say thanks everyone for joining us this week. And um, we're pretty excited uh, to keep going next week. We'll have a guest and, uh, and go from there. All right. So uh, from Breaking Stones podcast, I'm your host, Mike Wolf. Thank you very much.